G'day, humans. What's good? We're Chris Bundy here with Cruz Alex for another edition of Wrestling Australia. Alex, how the bloody hell are you? I am fantastic, man. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the fraud, is out of the World Cup, so get stuffed, Ronaldo, you wanker. Um, so is uh, Brazilian great Neymar, his final World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck him, too. Fuck Brazil. Fuck <laughs> Portugal, actually. We're, we're all aboard the Morocco train now, right? I mean, I think they're uh, everyone's second team all of a sudden. I mean, in episode 203, uh, as we're recording this, this will episode 203 will drop later today. Full disclosure, we've had a fair bit of tech issues. But, uh, yeah, we were talking about the powerhouse of African football that is <laughs> Morocco. I think well, mostly... um, we've had a fair bit of t- technical issues, just like Ronaldo's football ability. Um, yeah, fuck me. Uh, this World Cup's insane. I I hate how good this World Cup's been. Yes, yeah. <laughs> because I wanted it to not be that great. I wanted it to be like, oh, okay, Brazil win. Lol another fucking paint-by-numbers World Cup or something like that. Like, oh, here we go. It's Brazil and fucking France, and uh, it's the same fucking people. But no, we're getting all these upsets. Australia making it to the round of 16. Morocco in the semifinals. Croatia in the semifinals. Like, oh, man. Of course this one had to be one of the most memorable World Cups of all time. We had fucking Saudi Arabia beat Argentina. Yeah, at one and then point. not make it out of the group stage. <laughs> yeah, that that group was insane, by the way. That group, oh, the group stage this year had me hooked for every single match. It was insane. Except fuck that England-USA game, the worst <laughs> fucking paint-drying match I've ever seen. Maybe that's uh, where I guess you caught your bad flu. <laughs> that's probably what it was, yeah. Oh, uh, man. And um, England's gone. It's not coming home. No, no. I think I think they were talking about the Euros coming home in uh, 2024. Yeah, well... well yeah, sure they were. Fuck <laughs> 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 Yeah. Does the Euros really come home if it's never been there? Um, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> oh, man. But, um, uh, like, Morocco making it to the final would be sick, but, man, <laughs> they've got a task ahead of them. Um, I'm yeah, thinking the uh, reigning and defending champions, France. <laughs> yeah, there's... A very real possibility we'll have a replay of the last World Cup final of Croatia versus France when Croatia somehow made it to the final. And doesn't matter. Like, every single World Cup tournament, Croatia, like, goes pretty well deep into the tournament. And yet every single tournament's like, holy shit, Croatia made it this far. <laughs> when when are we getting to the point where, like, no, Croatia's actually all right. Can we give them a bit of fucking credit? Yeah, uh, it's been a 
35 years since the fall of the USSR and sort of the dissolve of, uh, what was it, Yugoslavia, I believe, in that area? Yes, yes. And, um, yeah, hey, there should be a fair bit of Aussie support for Croatia, considering um, there's a lot of Australian Croatians. Yeah, especially in uh, Melbourne and Sydney, seeing how strong uh, Melbourne Knights and especially Sydney United went in the uh, Australian Cup, the former FFA Cup here in Australia. Sydney United making it to the final this year. Yeah, well, when I went to my bowling tournament a few weeks ago, three of my teammates were Croatian. (laughs) Must be a pretty um, big sport over there. Yeah, yeah, it is. I was like talking to one of them, and he's like, "Oh, I used to play rep for Wagga, and we used to play for the representative Riverina team." And I was like, "Oh, what year did you do that?" It's like, "Oh, oh four And I was like, "Oh shit, I was in the under the under fourteens bloody Riverina rep team that year," (laughs) and he was in the seniors. Um, Small world. Small, small world. But, yeah, uh, I want, uh, as much as I'd love it if it's like, holy shit, it's Morocco versus Croatia in the final. Two teams that have never won before, so we're going to get a new champ. Yeah, that'd be sick. The last time that happened was 2010 when Spain defeated um, Netherlands. Like, Netherlands had been runner-up twice or three times before, but never won. I always want Netherlands to do well. Um, that's a shame this year. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, by the way, Spain, fucking shit ass, mate. Um, they sucked so bad this year. Not as bad as Germany, but um... yeah. Looking uh, back <laughs> over the group stage quickly here, you can see like some of the countries you think would do better. Saudi Arabia, who's been like a powerhouse of Asian football for so long. You have Germany knocked down the group stage as well. Belgium, who a lot of people sort of picked as favourites to win the whole tournament out in the group stage. Legitimately, my um my pick to win it was Belgium. Uh, Uruguay out in the group stage as well on uh, goal difference. Uh, South <laughs> Korea squeaking through in Group H. Yep. And then, yeah, a few few more uh, cup sets came along in the uh, knockout stage with Morocco defeating first Spain, then Portugal. Like, what the fuck? And then they have the chance to take out France? (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if if they take out Spain, Portugal, France, and then Argentina in the final. And they finished top of their group with uh, Croatia, Belgium, and Canada. So if it, if they do make it to Croatia again, their first match finished nil nil. Yeah. Oh man, that that's classic fucking wrestling booking. <laughs> Time limit draw in the first first meeting, so you go through. To, yeah. To the they, they made they made in a non they made in a non-title match. We don't get a clear winner. And then they go off on their own journeys to get to the title and somehow they end up against each other and are we finally going to get a winner? <laughs> what a story. That's 
professional wrestling. I suppose oh. that's kind of what we're here to talk about more so yeah. than anything. But quickly, we want Messi to win just so we can say Messi better than Ronaldo. Yeah, actually, yeah. Ronaldo, yeah. no World Cups. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I also think that if Messi doesn't win, there's still a chance that he'll try for the next World Cup. He'll be 39, but he relies less on his athleticism and gas tank than Ronaldo does, so he could get away with it. Anyway, let's talk uh, about wrestling. Yeah, uh, so WWE Network comes to Foxtel. Yeah, Have you been watching? Oh, you're going to be so disgusted when I tell you what I did last Wednesday. Uh, maybe? Why? What'd you do? I watched four straight hours of NXT. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm guessing you didn't see the tweet I tagged you. I know, uh, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. Oh, by the way, I haven't been tweeting for a month for one <laughs> reason. I um, When Twitter Blue first came in, I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll give it a go. I bought it, and, I was, and then, like, everyone's just tearing people to shreds for buying a blue tick. So I was like, uh, I'll just wait for my subscription to run out before I start tweeting again. It's run out now. So oh. it's like, oh, all I've ever wanted is a blue tick. And then as soon as I get one, it's like, oh, no, I'm not allowed to have it. No longer one of the cool kids, you're behind the trends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, we'll wait for it to expire and then we'll start tweeting again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I seen somebody put out the first thing they've got before Raw airs today is three hours of last week's Raw. And I'm like, Alex, if Raw ever goes to six hours, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, well, actually. Yeah, last Wednesday I had a bit of free time. Well, to be more specifically, about four hours of free time. And I was like, oh, has NXT started yet? It was like 10 o'clock. I was like, oh, oh shit, last week's episode's on. I'll just watch that because I haven't watched NXT in ages. So I ended up watching last uh, two weeks ago's NXT back-to-back with last week's NXT. And you know what? Yeah. NXT's not that bad. Uh, Keep telling yourself that. (laughs) I I didn't hate it. Says the guy who watches Impact most weeks. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, R.I.P. Eric Young. (laughs) Best killing off of a character since uh, Mickey James. <laughs> since Mickey James, since Tyre Valkyrie got killed off that one time. Uh, Actually, no, she got sent off to prison in Stamford, Connecticut. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, where do you want to start this week, then? In terms uh, of the world of wrestling. Um... Let's start off with AEW. Okay. Was this week's Dynamite one of the worst Dynamites ever? Oh, man. I barely even remember it. Hang on. I'll have a... 
It started off with the Dynamite Battle Royale. I remember that. Actually, re- actually, no. It had one of the best fucking in-ring promo segments we've seen in years. Yeah, that to me was one of the only um, highlights for this week's... Um... Dude, that shit was great. Oh, I'm it's... not denying that. Yeah, yeah. Like, besides that, what did we have? But... Uh, so I'm just having a look now. Give me one moment here. Uh, as we saw the Dynamite... What is it? Dynamite Diamond Battle Royale for the number one contender to the ring. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. I've got to pull up some text messages I sent in my wrestling group here. <laughs> okay, so as Alex uh, gets there, what's the date for that Dynamite? 7th, okay. So we saw... Dalton Castle, who's Ring of Honor six-man champs. We saw, uh, as well as uh, Orange Cassidy, AEW All-Atlantic champion in this match. And, you know, Ethan Page has been talking up on commentary. You know, Ricky Starks got his shot for the for the title later on. And Ethan Page has said, I'm going to enter the Battle Royale and win. And I'll beat MJF for the diamond ring. And if he wants a rematch... He'll have to put the title on the line as well. I was thinking, you know what? That's good. That's interesting. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Ricky Starks is in this match, and I'm going, hang on. He's already number one contender for next week for a title match. Why the fuck is he in this battle royale? He explained it the week before, though, that he wanted to take away from MJF everything that MJF loves. So he wanted to take away his ring, and he wanted to take away his title. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's it's not the most thorough explanation, but at least it's an explanation. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm guessing either Starks or Page is winning, and sure enough, Ricky Starks wins. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I guess uh, there goes Ethan Page for a while. <laughs> yep. Um. So um. This is where where I pop in for a second. Um, This will be a minute. But this is where I noticed that the Butcher is a fucking star. He just looked so fucking good in this match. And this is where I sent a message to my wrestling group. Well, I sent two messages. They're fairly lengthy, so give me a minute. Mm -hmm. Just saying, if the Butcher came along in the late 80s, he would have been a megastar jumping from promotion to promotion as a main event monster heel. He would have showed up in the WWF, feuded with Dusty, then Duggan, then Jake Roberts, before losing in a feud to Hogan and then losing to Warrior. He would have then jumped ship to WCW, had a similar trajectory, and after he eventually lost to Sting and Luger, he would have ended up in some monster heel tag team with probably Vader or something. Uh, he would then eventually... I've mapped out an imaginary career for the Butcher here. What what year are you starting this? Because you said WWF and Dusty. So what's that, 85, 86? Like 88. Okay. 88. So Dusty's... Probably 89, actually, yeah. So Dusty's in the WWF. Yep. He would then eventually leave WCW after dropping the tag belts to the Steiners. 
<laughs> he would then be a primarily Japanese-based wrestler as a monster gaijin with the occasional trip to ECW for the occasional surprise pop and to squash someone and leave. Um, he would then have a career renaissance in the early 2000s for Ring of Honor and then move to TNA where his where he gets booked to hell and his career basically dies. You Years put him late, in a couple of matches against Abyss. <laughs> yeah. Years later, people would start to appreciate him again when gifts of him start to go semi-viral, which would lead to him getting signed by Full Circle, AEW as a manager for some monster heel. Before eventually passing to a heart failure, he'll be remembered by his four wives and 12 children. He will then get posthumously inducted into the legacy wing of the Hall of Fame. Boo. Legacy wing. (laughs) But yeah, I had this imaginary career mapped out for the Butcher. I mean, that's how it's part Vader, part... I guess Scott Norton with the uh, the guys in in Japan and the career renaissance. Yeah, there, there's a bit of that. There's a bit of like, yeah, there's a bit of like Sid, <laughs> Sid in <ECW>. there. <laughs> there's a bit of like Stan Hansen, I guess, as well. Um, there's a bit of like, uh like. Any, like, legend that went to TNA and just never recovered from it. So, so like, your, your ravens and shit like that. Uh, I, I mean, early ravens hard to judge because the split between TNA and Ring of Honor. Late raven when he comes back around 2010 for EV 2.0. Yeah. Uh, I'm also talking like 2007 Raven where he had Dr. Stevie Richards trying to psychologically oh, assess Abyss. Um, hey, you leave Dr. Stevie alone. Wasn't he <laughs> dating Daphne in storyline? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so you had a psychologist dating a batshit crazy gimmick. Which, I um, mean, it is reverse Harley Quinn and Joker. It fucking is. Oh, <laughs> shit. And Raven is a well-known, like, DC comic super fan, so he probably had something to do with that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, also, <laughs> back to AEW, uh, talking the Butcher and the Dynamite Ring Battle Royale. I mean, Korean Renaissance, are we talking... The natural Dustin Rhodes, one last ride. <laughs> Man, um, cause they were in Austin, I thought I thought for a second he was gonna win that. I mean, it's not the worst idea to put MJF against him. He still got it for that power slam. And I feel like Dustin Rhodes's time in AEW is coming towards an end. Yeah. Like, either in ring or, like, he's either going to hang it up as an in-ring competitor or possibly go join his brother. Because I feel like... I feel like this Triple H regime could actually use a guy like Dustin Rhodes. Not to be, like, 
Well, actually, they could use him in ring as well, but more so in the backstage capacity and bring him in maybe in ring just like how they've done with Emma, basically, is like he's a more experienced person. We'll put him in the ring with a less experience to help him try to get over. And that's basically what they've been doing with Emma. Yeah, that's true too. I mean... Yeah. He hasn't. There was those rumors of him announcing that twenty twenty three could be his last year, but I haven't seen him post anything official stating that. Yeah, well, I feel like his last year needs to be gold dust. He needs one last run as gold dust. Maybe. Yeah. Uh. Or maybe. Yeah. <laughs> nya, 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 nya. Um, maybe. Oh, nya. <laughs> maybe no, no, his no. last when... year is Black Rain in Impact Wrestling. No, no, no. You're forgetting the greatest gimmick of all. What network is he on? <laughs> right now? Yeah. TBS? Oh, TBS and TNT. Yeah. I think we need to add uh, a few more digits in uh, 2023. Maybe <laughs> more extra digits. <laughs> Maybe we get that white face paint out. <laughs> Chuck on that cowboy hat. Have weird vignettes where he insinuates that he kidnaps children. <laughs> I mean, it writes itself the rampage. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, fuck. But, yeah. Um, so, if Dustin is going to make the move, which is a rumor, uh, him getting taken out by MJF would actually be poetic just because of MJF's history with Cody. Yeah. Yeah, so that'd be great. But, um, yeah, Dustin winning, you could have pulled the trigger on that. It was his hometown. He was over as hell, too. I would have even uh, switched him and Darby, put Darby in the Battle Royale and put um, put uh, Dustin against Joe for the TV title. You know what? That's a much better idea. Showcases Dustin for 10 minutes. Darby can just go in the Battle Royale and bump like a crazy man. I don't like Darby just losing on TV either. Oh, like, like a singles match, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like him being a little... Like, he doesn't have to be super protected because his gimmick is that he gets the shit beaten out of him, basically. At least he didn't submit to Joe. The ref called for the bell. The ref stopped it because Darby passed out. Yeah. And Which is fine, but... You know, I, I'd, I'd rather Darby be slowly picking up some more wins on TV. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else of note, I guess, from, uh, from uh, Dynamite? Because we saw uh, the baddies defeat Kira Hogan, Madison Rain, and Sky Blue. And I think it was... a. Uh, Layla Gray sort of having a long look at uh, Jade. 
Yeah. So I'm not sure if they're going with Kira Hogan or Jade beats Kira Hogan and then it's Layla Gray or Red Velvet to beat Jade, which I suggested before. Yeah, yeah. It's um either way, if it's any of those people, I don't think they're ready for it. No, neither do I. Uh last thing here before we get to the uh the MJF promo. The Acclaim versus FTR. And here I am thinking, you know what? The guns are going to interfere here and we're going to set up for FTR versus the guns, Ring of Honor titles at uh, Final Battle because you know what? That's in four days and we still have a shitload to add to this card. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, this is a fucking complaint. What the fuck was this? Segment after the match. So, you know what? The match, no interference. And uh, Bowens or Caster gets a surprise roll up here on one of FTR. The acclaim win, clean. And I was thinking, wow, you bet FTR clean on TV. And, you know, post-match, the ass boys are on the Tron. They go, oh, hey, FTR, we've got something for you. Oh, it's a Christmas card. It's written in blood. The Briscoes, see you at final battle. Oh, wait, there's something else. And they pull out two stockings, and inside is dog collars, and they go, double dog collar match, bitch. Why the fuck did the guns announce that? Why the hell was this match announced on four days on, uh, on yeah, four days' notice and a big stipulation on top of it? We can get to it more when we talk final battle, but... Yeah, big complaint from me. Uh, Just why the guns? I don't know. Yeah, it makes no sense, man. Uh, Did you want to touch on that promo with uh, the pebble? Yeah, shit. The the MJF Ricky Starks back and forth promo. Man, it was something special. And it felt like we were watching, like, the beginning of, like, a generational rivalry. That's honestly what it felt like to me. It felt like, like back in the day, like in 1992, Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels had a feud for the title, but it was before it was before their big time feud. It was just a quick throwaway feud. It's like in late '97, The Rock and Stone Cold had a quick feud for the IC title, and like. In O2, like Cedar and Orton had some matches against each other. It's like it felt like we were watching the beginning stages of a rivalry that could literally define a generation if if protected well enough. Yeah, yeah. My only, I mean, I guess if it's the start of something, this week's yeah. result won't matter too much in the long run. But it's how. Um, how Ricky Stark will come out of this because I highly doubt they're going with uh, MJF. You're going to have a, a about a month reign here, buddy, and then we're going to put it on Ricky Starks. No, no, and I think like the story to tell is that Ricky Starks gets screwed over here, and um, and it's all about the journey of Ricky Starks eventually getting back to MJF. 
of note, did you happen to catch Rampage? I did not. Okay, so we saw a AEW All Atlantic match because uh, Kip Sabian said he had a friend for Orange Cassidy, and it turned out to be Trent Seven. Unreal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, honestly forgot he got released. <laughs> Same. But, uh, yeah, fine, fine rampage. Nothing really of note on there. Uh, Hikaru Shida retains her Regina D-Wave championship, so she gets a match against Jamie Hayter. I think it's this week on rampage because Jamie wants to be a defending champion. Uh, I suppose... Uh, Blackpool Combat Club is dead? What the fuck was this pre-tape with Regal? Yeah, so I was like, oh, just in case, like, anything bad ever happens to me, I just want you guys to know that I did this because you guys don't need me. Yeah, that that was weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it feels like the week before the pay-per-view... Blackpool Combat Club was like, man, this stable is so good, it's can't miss. The pay-per-view happens, and it's like, okay, Regal's going to be a mouthpiece for MJF. The next week, Regal's there saying MJF won't be there, and Mox wants to kill him and tells Regal to run. The following week, MJF does a long promo, and then hits Regal from behind with the knucks and tells him, when you're the best, MJF will hire you. And then this week we got that weird pre-taped vignette with Shivani and some random cameraman who we didn't find out about this tape until this week. Mm. And Tony Shivani, rather than interviewing the guys backstage and playing it on a TV backstage, waited until after their match to play it. Yeah, I mean... William Regal wanting to leave the company has sort of caused a whole heap of last-minute decisions by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, Tony should have gone... Uh, Tony Khan should have gone, you know what, I've got you until here, give me six weeks to work out something, you know, nice and smooth, and then I'm more than happy for you to go. Yeah. It, this felt like trying to fit... <laughs> like, six months' worth of stuff in the three weeks. Yeah, and to be honest, like, the pre-tape thing would have actually worked if they waited longer instead of playing it, like, two weeks... Uh, like, a week later. If they waited, like, a few weeks or, like, a month, and then it's, like, just a bang out of the blue, here's this flashback to a month ago... It would actually mean more. Yeah. But but because it was... It's basically like, for the past four weeks now, William Regal's been on TV every week. Yeah, also yeah, true. Like, yeah. including that flashback promo, is it's just another week with William Regal on TV. Oh, hi, but, William Regal. <laughs> Yeah, and that's cool and all, but, um, yeah. Oh, well, Regal's gone. It was fun while it lasted. Yeah. Um, I'm going to miss Excalibur and William Regal. You scrumptious little cupcake, you. Man in the mask. <laughs> yes. Mr. Maniac. 
Uh, oh man um i'm gonna miss all that but i saw something today oh and it said that uh william regal will be expected to fill a vice president role in wwe do you know where this news came from um i'm not a thousand percent sure off the top of my head it was sort of like a you wake up in the morning, quickly scroll your phone, and you see some stuff, and then you don't remember where it was. Yeah, I'm just having a quick look at uh, post-wrestling. If it's not on post, then you can't really trust it. Yeah. No, nothing I can see here. Yeah. Well, there's been some chatter about it anyway, and it's it might not be like a major vice president role like vice president of developmental yeah so basically like what he had before basically yeah just with um, a, a new flashy title <laughs> yeah and the rumor floating around that he tony khan's letting him do it but he's not allowed to appear on tv for a year yeah yeah well, well that's, that's fair he's releasing him early and instead of holding him until his contract was due in March. He's just gone, fine, we'll just extend your uh, non-compete so you can't appear on TV. Yeah. We'll clear your non-compete. We'll just make it so you can't appear on TV. I think that's a fair workaround for him who wants to go and work with his son. Uh, Yeah. WWE this week, anything of note? Uh... SmackDown was all right. Um, there was a fucking promo segment with LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. And LA Knight officially became the smartest wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. Explain. Because of one reason. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he did a promo in ring and he's like, fuck. I don't know what he said. It was something along the lines of Bray Wyatt, if you're not going to come out here, I'll come out there and find you. And then he goes backstage looking for him. Then he's in some room and then the lights turn off. And then LA Knight does one thing that no other wrestler in the history of wrestling had enough brains to do. He pulls out his phone and turns his phone light on. Not a dummy. The smartest professional wrestler in the history of professional wrestling. I mean, it doesn't quite have the same catchphrase as the greatest man who ever lived, but I'm sure we can rework it. (laughs) (laughs) The smartest man who ever lived. (laughs) After all these years, for someone to finally figure out, oh, fuck, I should just pull out a personal light. Uh, I should just pull out a torch. Because I'm feuding with a spooky person. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, there was a backstage promo with Jay Uso and Sammy. And Sammy's like, oh, Roman's coming back next week. And we're going to do a special thing. So you should probably go get a haircut and trim your beard. Which was interesting. Yeah. So I'm thinking... <laughs> We're going one of two ways about this. Yeah. Sami Zayn turns up next week on this week on SmackDown looking like 
2015 Sami Zayn. Or he comes out with the fucking Jey Uso fucking hairdo with the little red dyed bit at the back. He's mainly dyed it black and then with a little red fucking rat tail at the back. Yeah. If Sami Zayn comes out with like the same hairdo as the Usos, I'll be so stoked. I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. <laughs> You're <laughs> off the bloodline. <laughs> Fantastic. Look, Roman, I don't know what you think sideburns are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I mean, fantastic. Uh, anything else to touch on there, or should we move into the, the two pay-per-views or the premium live events as they are? Uh, quickly, on NXT last week, William Regal's kid, like, beat someone. I can't remember who. And then during the match, Drew Gulak came out. And it feels like yeah. they're trying to start their own fucking Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, Charlie Dempsey yeah, is his name. Why not Charlie Regal? Why Bron Breaker? Fair, fair. Yeah. Why fucking Solo Sokoa when he's in a stable with the Usos and acknowledging that he is an Uso? Fair, fair. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many fucking issues with it. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I've got nothing to say in response to that. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, it's good to see um, Zion Quinn getting a bit of TV time. Yeah, actually, I noticed when perusing KO the other day. Oh, the it, Zion Quinn documentary? Yeah. Did you watch it? I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I've watched it. It's about half an hour, I think. Yeah, right. But it's pretty interesting because it's before... I think it's either just as he's changed his name to Zion Quinn or just before. Yeah, right. But, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting little watch if you got the KO. Yeah. I don't think it's on um on uh, Foxtel, so you can't watch it with a regular Foxtel um, account. Anyhow, uh, where the hell were we? Uh, <laughs> Ring of Honor or NXT Deadline? Uh, what happened first? Ring of Honor happened first. Ring Let's of Honor was the day. Okay, um... So, before this week's uh, Rampage, uh, yeah, Rampage and Dynamite, here's how I thought we were going to go, at least with the championship matches going into final battle. Mercedes Martinez, women champion against Athena. Okay, that's been set up on Rampage. Yeah. Then you have uh, Ring of Honor world champion Jericho and Ring of Honor pure champion Garcia. They're probably going to go back to against Blackpool Combat Clubs, Willa Yuta and Claudio Castanolia, uh, Castanoli. Uh, Claudio yeah. for the world, Yuta for the pure. TV title. Okay, Joe's taken uh, Wardlow's AEW TV title. Wardlow should turn up and go after Joe's Ring of Honor TV title. <laughs> 
uh, Ring of Honor tag titles. FTR have a big match against the Acclaim on Dynamite announced. The Arse Boys have been cosplaying as FTR for months. They're going to get involved, cause a DQ, no finish to that match. We'll have to come back to it next year. And FTR are going to face the Arse Boys, maybe defeat them pretty quick while we're on the card. And maybe we'll uh, see the Briscoes pop up for next year for match three of their trilogy. Uh, the only other match I think I skipped over was the six-man tag. And I'm just there going, I know it's Dalton and the boys. Other than the embassy, I can't think of anyone else who's a three-man unit mainly signed to Ring of Honor at the moment. So I don't know where else they could go. Those were the championship matches I thought we were going to get. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, so we'll get there shortly. But uh, did you catch the uh, pre-show of this? I did not. I thought about it, and I was like, oh, I barely care about the main show, so let's, let's skip it. Oh. Nah, I don't blame you. It, at least the, the Ring of Honor pre-show has wrestling on it. <laughs> Yeah. NXT deadline kickoff pre-show thing with no wrestling. And we just sit here and talk to Booker T about his chucky ducky quack quack. Outrageous. <laughs> okay, so we kick uh, the in-ring action off with Jeff Cobb versus Mascara Dorada, uh, formerly known as Grand Metalik in WWE. The king of the ropes. Ah, someone remembers. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good matchup. Here you go. Seven minutes. Uh, Cobb uh, having the win here. Cobb coming out in his United Empire uh, sort of attire. Next, we saw Jericho Appreciation Society members Angelo Parker and Matt Menard defeating Shinobi Shadow Squad, Eli Ism, and Cheeseburger. And Cheeseburger comes out in the mask of Delirious. What? Yeah, he came out wearing Delirious's mask to the ring because he bet Delirious in the final uh, Ring of Honor match. So Delirious gave him his mask. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hang on. I'll see if I can load it up. Uh, ring of Honor. Not Death Before Dishonor. Supercard of Honor. Uh, was it Supercard of Honor or was it TV? It might have been TV. Let me just see what happens if I Google search cheeseburger delirious. <laughs> uh, for some weird reason, some of the first results are GTA 5 online funny moments, episode 28. Oh, okay. Uh, Far, Cry, Far Cry 5 funny moments. What? It must be a search result when you're uh, high and eating cheeseburgers. And then, obviously, images are just actual cheeseburgers. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, fun little match. Good to see Parker and Menard actually get a match. Mm. But uh, there are uh, moments to come later in the night. We see Willow Nightingale defeat Trish Andorra in a fun six-minute match here. Sort of uh, Willow going a bit against someone, sort of her own uh, size, stature, and um, powerhouse ability. So it was a good 
matchup for Willow when she's been mostly wrestling uh, women smaller than her. Mm. And in your main event, we see the kingdom, Taven and Bennett with Maria Canals Bennett ringside, but they lose to top flight Dante Martin and Darius Martin. Huh? Good. <laughs> We're giving the win to the to the AEW guys. To be I'm, fair, Ring of Honor is a better fit for Top Flight than AEW at the moment. Yeah, I suppose in terms of uh, TV time and that. Uh, so yeah, that was your main event, the pre-show here. Sign of respect by uh, all five, all four guys post uh, post match. Uh, so adhering to the code of honor there. Uh, kicking off the show, we see a match that did not need to happen. <laughs> Yes. Blake Christian and AR Fox versus La Faction in Gublinables, Rush and Drillistico, Drillistico mm-hmm. uh, with Jose the assistant and Preston Vance ringside. <laughs> Preston with his bright orange hair. Yeah, what's up with that? Uh, um, and AR Fox gets the surprise roll up here on Drillistico. Roosh is pissed. AR Fox rolls to the outside, but runs himself into the ringside corner area, and Roosh comes out and beats the shit out of him after the match. Good job, AR Fox. Roosh should not be on the losing side of anything in Ring of Honor. No. Absolutely not. I mean, he didn't need to lose this match. He should have put Preston Vance and Drillistico in here and have them lose. And then he can be yep. on the outside, gets pissed, and when AR Fox runs to the outside, he can just lay him out with a big kick. Yeah, and what's <laughs> going on here? Is he the leader of this thing now? Is Andrade just disappeared? Everyone asks about Andrade in the post-match press conferences, but uh, it seems... Uh, I always ask about Miro as well, and they never get a straight answer. No. So I'm just trying to have a look here. Andrade El Idolo. It says he's still there. Mm. So I guess he's... Well, well, as far as Miro's concerned, I think that he's going to Triple H soon. (laughs) Miro's going back to a WWE? That's what I'm predicting. And that, that'll go into my 2023 predictions. But, yeah, that that's a spoiler for it. Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think Miro will be the first of a few former AEW title holders to jump ship next year. Yeah, maybe. We'll see how we go. Uh, following that, match six on the card, Mercedes Martinez, hey, she's back having a match. The defending Ring of Honor Women's Champion taking on Athena. Uh, the one thing I will say about Ring of Honor, I watched the pre-show. I watched the countdown to Final Battle. And this is the third time watching a lot of these video packages during the pay-per-view. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, guys, put your video packages on your 
um, pre-show and just have like maybe a quick one when you're doing it pretty much for every match from here throughout the rest of the show as a video package. Yeah. It's it's a bit much. Um, so, yeah, this was a really good match, I thought. Athena here getting the win. I still think the finishing name of her... Uh, yeah, the name of her finishing move is stupid. What was it? She calls it the O-Face now, the former Eclipse. Yeah, that's what she called it on the indies before she went to the WWE. But yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. And, yeah. It's very, like, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, very... Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, glow. It's, it, it's very 2005 diva era. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's a lady. Let's call it something sexy. Angels. You can call it the Angels Wings or something if you don't want to call it the Eclipse anymore. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I still think it's a stupid name. But Athena here, getting the win. New Ring of Honor Women's World Champ. The right call to make. I don't think anyone's going to argue with this decision. Absolutely right call to make. It. Mercedes had her time. It was just unfortunate. She was uh, injured for a lot of it. But, uh, yeah, she she had a good run. And it's good to see like these two women who were a part of the early days of Women of Honor finally getting their moment to have a uh, championship reign in this company. Yeah. Uh, from there, match seven of the night, we see Shane Taylor Promotions, Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey taking on the team of Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. And as uh, Keith and Swerve are making their entrance, Keith goes for the fist bump, but Swerve just sort of blows it off and keeps walking to the ring. Yeah. Uh, so this would play on into later in the match where as it um, full gear, uh, Keith sort of left Swerve high and dry. It's now Swerve's turn to leave Keith high and dry. And Keith's take on uh, Shane Taylor, a guy about his size, and J.D. Griffey, another fairly, you know, large guy, at least larger than Swerve. But what happens? Keith Lee gets the win? What? If you're going to have Swerve leave, Shane Taylor promotion should be able to beat down Keith Lee two-on-one, quick tags, work him over in the corner and have them pin Keith Lee. And Keith Lee losing pisses him off, causes him to, next week on Dynamite, call out uh, Swerve for a singles match at uh, Winter... Uh, not Winter is Coming, because that's the next big show. Uh, uh, New Year's Day Dynamite or Battle of the Belts January or February pay-per-view, you know? call him out for a big match, but instead he wins. What's he got to be upset here at Swerve? Swerve left, so I went, oh, fuck, I'll do it myself. Mm. <laughs> did, did this come across as uh, illogical booking to you, or was this the right decision? Yeah, no, I hated this. I fucking despised the logic here of Keith Lee getting the win. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that. Uh, from there, we saw match eight of the night, so all the remaining matches are for titles. 
this one being the Ring of Honor six-man tag team championship. But despite the name, it is not six men on each team. It is trio titles. So we see the team of Dalton Castle and the boys having uh, previously beat uh, Vincent and... Oh, Christ, I can't even remember what Vincent's stable name was. The Righteous. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Actually, quickly, they yeah. were seen in the crowd at NXT last week. Who? Vincent, Dutch, and someone else. Bateman? Bateman, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, they were in the crowd at NXT last week. They weren't they shown think- on TV, but they were seen by people in the crowd. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Dalton and the boys here make their big flamboyant entrance, taking on the Gates of Agony, Brian Cage, uh, sorry, the Embassy, which is Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony, Khan and Toa, with Prince Nana ringside. This went longer than it needed to be to me. You have three smaller guys, two of them who've never been in a singles title contention in their lives. Granted, they're an alright tag team, but this should have been a squash match for the Embassy. Cage goes out, murders them. The Gates of Agony get in there. Big, beefy, double-man, double-tag team moves. This went 10 minutes. This felt like it went too long. <laughs> I <Yeah>. love Dalton. <laughs> and yeah, this felt like it went too long. Embassy here, though, getting the win. Your new Ring of Honor six-man tag team champs, Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. Uh, yeah. Right, um, right call, fresh champs. Right call, definitely. Yeah. Bad match, right call. Yeah. Um, Brian Cage came out with, like, this Mortis-inspired mask. Due Mortis. to his... Uh, Remember Canyon had the masked gimmick in WCW? No. Google it. M-O-R-T-I-S. Because Brian Cage was, like, trained and, like, best friends with Canyon before Canyon passed away. Oh. It was kind of a tribute to that. Oh, this... Well, you're not screen sharing, but I'm going to assume yes. Oh, I'm not? (laughs) No. Hang on. How about now? Give it a minute, but no, not yet. Okay. Maybe it's just being weird. Anyhow, uh, like a skull mask with green markings. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, Brian Cage came out with, like, a similar sort of skull on his face. Yeah. And a similar sort of robe. And he even tweeted out that, like, his next ring gear is going to have the um, the mortar-style skulls on the shoulders, which would be sweet. Yeah. But Brian Cage looks like a million bucks. <laughs> There's oh, no yeah. arguing that. But, um... Yeah. Yeah, his um I think this is probably a good spot for him. Just the fucking monster of the ROH. 
And perhaps, like, maybe we get, like, a Joe Cage thing down the road or something like that. Yeah. I but agree. I feel like that's happened. But I might be wrong. Oh, man. Um, so where were we? Final battle. Uh, next match is uh, for Daniel Garcia's Ring of Honor Pure Championship taking on Willie Yuta. This is their third meeting. For this uh, championship, um, yeah. How do you think this match went? I mean, these are two incredible technical wrestlers, but what was the story leading up to this? There wasn't any. No, it's just like, oh, Jericho Appreciation Society still feuding with Blackpool Combat Club, and uh, if Claudio loses to Jericho later, he's going to join. JAS and yeah, and oh, what, what about gone and what about the story had anything to do with these two guys? Nothing. Nothing. And th- this just felt like watching the two sidekicks go at it. Yep. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> Robin and I don't know some junior underling from DC universe. Yeah, it's like watching like. I don't know, fucking C-3PO battle with a random stormtrooper. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. There's a story to tell there, but no one's here <clears throat> to say it. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, it was fine, but this pay-per-view just felt like it was just a lot of matches. To take your uh, terminology, I guess, from uh, when we talked New Japan, it was matches for the sake of matches. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, well, with the announcement in the post-show press conference that Honor Club's going to be returning, uh, and there, yeah. will, there will be TV tapings. So when I first put on the pre-show, Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman are there on the, um, on the commentary desk, and they're talking up big new era of Ring of Honor. Something big's going to happen. And I'm watching, like, after every match, before the next video package happens, thinking, oh, we're going to throw to Tony Khan. We're going to throw to a video package of fans. You've been waiting for news of Ring of Honor, and here it is in this video package. And nothing again. Nothing again. Two pay-per-views under the Tony Khan regime of Ring of Honor and Nothing on TV, and then by the time most people have gone, well, I guess the big news was the title matches. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to bed. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Deadline. Yeah. And he, the first question he gets asked is this, and he says, "Oh, I'll address that later." And it's not until like 40 minutes into the press conference. Yeah, and I didn't didn't even watch the press conference. I've seen clips. I saw um, clips of, like, Tony Khan talking about it on a club, and I saw a clip of Samoa Joe coming out and saying, uh, I'll, because I'm the king of television, I will only answer your questions if you refer to me as your highness, your majesty. <laughs> and that's all I saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe's great. Joe's but, so fucking good. Yeah, just on that point, like, 
here's another chance where you have your most eyeballs on Ring of Honor. And during the night, we even saw Caprice and Ian talk up. Last year, the car was on an almost empty tank. We had one headlight out. Now the car's fully fueled. We're going to go full speed ahead down that highway. I'm going, come on, where's the big announcement? Where's the big announcement? Where's the big announcement? Nothing. (laughs) Dropping the ball again when you have your most eyes on you. Yep. Uh, Okay, uh, continuing on the matches here. Match 10 of the night sees FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood, the AAA, the IWGP, but more importantly, the defending Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions taking on the Briscoes, Mark and Jay Briscoe, who are 12-time former Ring of Honor champions in a double dog collar match on four days' notice. Oh, dear. So don't get me wrong. Oh, Cadus hated it. <laughs> no, 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 you're not going for a walk, Cadus. I'm talking the wrestling dog collar match. Not, 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 I'm going to get your dog collar and take you for a walk. Calm down. <laughs> okay. 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 I think he understands. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, um, yeah. So don't get me wrong. This was a great match. This, I think, for me, just viewing these three past matches in a bubble is, uh, uh, Supercard of Honor, Death Before Dishonor, Final Battle, Briscoes versus FTR, the trilogy. Great series of matches. However, viewing this as in the moment, watching uh, AEW Weekly, watching Ring of Honor pay-per-views when they come out, and watching the Ring of Honor stuff on AEW at the moment, the build-up to this sucked. It was... 90 seconds before we go off the air, have the ass boys show up on the Tron and say that the Briscoes are coming for a double dog collar match and have it done in a Christmassy way because it's almost Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this sucked. Match aside from the booking, hell of a match. So they've got two refs out there and halfway through the match, one of the refs in the ring, I think it's Posey, is sort of checking on one of the Briscoes and it might have been Cash has wrapped up chain around his fish, fist, going to hit the Briscoe in the ring. And Posey gets in the way to check on the Briscoe again. And he cracks Posey. And then Posey pops back up and he's just bloodied. And he rolls to the outside and the doctor sort of tends to him by the, the ring barricade for most of the remainder of the match. When was the last time a ref did colour? Man. I can't recall. I can't recall ever. I'm talking normal ref, not your your wrestler who's active as special guest referee or former retired wrestler is special guest referee. Yeah, I can't recall ever. Yeah. No, neither can I. Um, hell of a match I'm here. Sure, it's happened. I'm sure it's happened, but yeah, I can't recall. Yeah, hell of a match here. Uh, and. Goes down to the closing moments here, and the Briscoes get the win. I was shocked. I hadn't seen the yeah. result after Yeah, definitely. And I didn't see it going this way on three days' notice. So yeah, I was shocked. I didn't see, didn't see uh, Bris- uh, 
the Briscoes being FTR, I thought FTR were going to be unbeatable. I thought the Arse Boys are going to interfere in the acclaimed AEW tag title match. They're going to get their shot at final battle. Like FTR is going to cut a promo in the ring going, we've had enough for you. We're going to call you out. We're going to do this like men. Ring of Honor final battle. And if you want these so bad, we'll put these on the line holding up their Ring of Honor tag titles. And that's how we go off the air. Yeah, I didn't see this match happening. I didn't see it being a double dog collar match. I didn't see the Briscoes winning. Lucky 13, by the way. And uh, yeah, now FTR are beatable. So uh, are they going to be going over to uh, Wrestle Kingdom to drop the uh, the uh, um, IWGP tag team titles, I guess? Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's what's going to happen. Yeah, um, I'm just having a look to see if um, if the uh, World Tag League has finished. I don't think it has yet. Uh, oh, no, it has. Uh, so the final will take place soon. So it's between Aussie Open, Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis taking on the team of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi from Chaos. Right. Okay, so that's your that's your final there. The um, winners normally get tag match at Wrestle Kingdom. I'm thinking it's going to be Aussie Open because of their New Japan match in England against um, FTR that everyone's been raving about. Yeah, um, that would make a lot of sense. I hope it is. And just having a quick look at the... Uh, Super Junior Tag League, we see the team of Bullet Club America, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay will challenge the team of Yo and Leo Rush. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I think the Junior Champs is still Catch-22, which is um, TJP, is it? Yeah, still TJP and Francisco. Akira. Sure, that guy. <laughs> Italian guy. Oh, and yeah. Now, um, I suppose we've got to talk about the uh, final two matches here on Ring of Honor. We see Samoa Joe, the, <coughs> the AEW TNT champion, as well as the defending Ring of Honor world television champion, taking on Juice Robinson. On four days' notice via video package. Fucking hell. Like, this should have been Wardlow. This should have been Wardlow. Nah, it shouldn't. Just because Wardlow wants the TNT title, not the ROH TV title. I thought he said he wanted to take everything from Joe. I might have said that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. And then again, I, I, I forgot that Juice was with this company until this match was made. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Juice is with this company. This match was fine. It was what it needed to be. Joe getting the win here. I mean, would these guys have had a match in uh, NXT when Juice was there as CJ Parker or not? No, no. Um, Joe would have showed up after... Juice was gone. 
Oh, because Juice's like last match is against Kevin Owens when he breaks Kevin Owens' nose, isn't it? Yeah. Or one of his last big matches, yeah. Yeah, that um, was Kevin Owens' debut, and if you recall, Samoa Joe debuted uh, to feud with Kevin Owens, who was champion. So that's pro. Joe probably debuted like a year later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, fine match. Joe retains his uh his Ring of Honor TV title. We go on to the main event of the evening. It sees Chris Jericho, the champion, versus Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor world title. Jericho, uh, <coughs> Jericho having the added stipulation of if Claudio loses, he has to join the JAS. And I'm thinking, it's still pretty early for Jericho to lose. They're probably not going to go back to Claudio. You know, the Blackpool Combat Club is kind of done. Why not yeah. have Claudio join the JAS? He's got to wear the hat with Hager. You put them guys together as a tag team for a while. We can see Claudio's good at comedy. And then you have those two buttheads and cause a riff. And he can split off from JAS six months down the line if need be. Exactly. But instead... We go the opposite direction, and don't get me wrong, this is this is an all right championship match, but... Loved the finish. <laughs> the finish was a highlight. So, Claudio does his big swing. We've seen many guys take the big swing. We've, haven't we seen someone be sick on Raw? Oh, no, on SmackDown in JBL's hat because of it? Yeah, Titus O'Neil. <laughs> JBL. Oh, goodness. Uh, Yeah, so Jericho's got... uh, Sorry, Claudio's got Jericho in the big swing here, and as he's swinging Jericho around, Jericho's tapping and new Ring of Honor world champion. Yeah, um, I loved it. It makes sense to be actually a submission hold, for it to be a submission, because of the aches that you're causing your knees, and also the disorientation. All the blood rushing to your head, the nausea. Yeah, Yeah, so why wouldn't it be like a tap out when he's done it 30 times? Um, My favourite part was the crowd's counting along. Yeah. And when they, they go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ocho! For eight. <laughs> oh, I thought that was perfect. Yeah, the crowd was on point a few times tonight. Um, and so Claudio celebrates. Out comes Willy Yuda. Oh, Keeps. Right in my, right in my ear. <laughs> really, really? Did did you think that as well, Keeps? Okay. Um. Jeezy, this I, is why. Ever I don't... since you said it was Keeps's yard, he really wants to host the podcast. Oh, man. This is what happens when I decide to broadcast from my bed. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, so, yes, Claudio gets a win. Out comes Will Yuta. And unlike every big Ring of Honor championship change for the world title, no Kerry Silken tonight. Oh, man, didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, every time there's a big title change, he's there. Even when Jericho won, he was there. 
Yeah, crazy. Um, um, so. I, I, I'm all right with Claudio winning it, but what you said, like, perhaps Claudio should have joined the JAS. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I don't, I just don't like that Jericho beat this person to win the title. Have bloody six months or three months or however long it's been, yes. just for it to go back to the same person. Uh, July. Yes. So yeah, five, five to six months. Yeah. Um, now, do you notice who came out as well during the post-match celebration to try to get Claudio's attention, but he was too busy throwing the streamers with the crowd? Yes, bring back the streamers for championship matches, Ring of Honor fans. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, yes, it is corny and cheesy, but God, I love it. Looks it looks cool. It yeah. looks cool. Yeah, who came out? Jerry Lynn! Jerry Lynn! <laughs> I blame OSW for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, now that Regal's gone, would it be the craziest thing to have Jerry Lynn be the coach slash mentor to Blackpool Combat Club and maybe just change it to Combat Club? Maybe... Maybe it would be because perhaps you would want someone that can actually kind of cut a promo. No offense, Jerry Lynn. It was I'm not saying he has to cut promos. Suit. He can just be out there as um, like Heyman is sometimes to Roman. He just sort of coaches them by ringside. He doesn't have to join commentary or that. You know who would be perfect for it? And I don't know his role in the company anymore. Arn yeah. Anderson. Yeah, but I feel like in the new year they should be moving towards Arn doing something with his son and uh, what's his name? Former Varsity Blondes member. Um, Pillman. Yeah, Pillman. Reform the Four Horsemen for a new generation, damn it. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's what the pinnacle was supposed to be and then it just sort of died. Um, I suppose... <laughs> Match of the, the night for you. fucking pinnacle. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Match of the night for me, uh, to no one's surprise, it was the dog collar match. It was a whole lot of bloody fun. I, I love dog collar matches. I agree with you. I'm still disappointed that it was, like, such a short build. But also, credit to the uh, the women's match as well. Athena and Mercedes Martinez, they had a hell of a match. Yeah, to no one's surprise, they're, they're both incredible workers. Um, yeah, th they were fantastic. So, hang on, I'll see if I can find a, a result here. Uh, how many beers for yourself? I, I thought it was an alright show. Um, would I ever go back and watch it? Will it stick in my memory? Maybe not. So I'll give it three. Yeah, as much as I love Ring of Honor and as much as I love um, I love uh, the um, the the um, a few of the matches themselves. I'm gonna have to agree with you. Three beers. Yeah. It. it the matches, whilst they did deliver, it just felt like um, there was nothing about them going into it, nothing to excite me for, like, a pay-per-view. Um, exactly. So I'm just looking over Cage Match here quickly. Cage Match agrees with a 
5-7 from 261 votes, the double dog collar match of the night. And from a total of 111 votes for um, out of 10, uh, the pay-per-view received a 7.96. Yeah. Uh, should we bounce over to deadline before we wrap this week up? Yes, we should. Okay. I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. Oh, God. Um, there was two dark matches here. Nothing really of note other than uh, Duke Hudson and Andre Chase defeating Javier Bennell and Zion Quinn in a tag match. Yeah. I still love that when you look at Zion Quinn's Wikipedia, his photo is him as a junior Canberra Raiders player. <laughs> so, oh, this guy's a wrestler now. And how long has he been in NXT too? Um, <laughs> a fucking farewell. May while. of 2018. Yeah. Yeah, shit. He's been there for ages now. Oh, trained by Chris Hero as well. Oh, he's a Queensland boy. Yeah. Born in Brisbane. Oh, he's not that much older than, uh, younger than us. He's only 32. Oh, shit. He's a year yeah. younger than me. Okay, so next we've we got have... the same physiques, too. <laughs> <laughs> no comment, Your Honor. <laughs> First match of the night was the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge to determine a number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship. Who is the current NXT Women's Champion? Um, Mandy. Mandy. Doodly doo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, so this match sees Indy Hartwell, Kiana James, Cora J, Zoe Stark, and Roxanne Perez. And I'm just going to run through the, uh, the falls here quickly, and then we can talk about the match. Yeah. So Zoe Stark's pins... Roxanne Perez, Zoe's on one. Cora J pins Katana James at the 12th minute mark, so Zoe and Cora both have one. Indy comes in, and after a big boot, pins Roxanne Perez. So Indy, Cora, and Zoe are all one at the 16th minute mark. 18th minute mark, Roxanne pins Zoe. So now everyone except for uh, Kiana James has a fall. And then at the 23rd minute mark, Roxanne pins Cora J. So Cora spends almost the last two minutes in the penalty box. And Roxanne wins two falls over one fall from Zoe, Cora, and Indy, and no falls for uh, Kiana. Uh, thoughts on the actual match itself? Um. You can't pretend that coming fifth in this match, like coming out fifth in this match, is an advantage. No. It makes no sense to say that that's an advantage. Because theoretically, the longer you're in this match, the more of a chance you have to win. Mm -hmm. um, you know, this wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. bad. I, it's, I think they got some kinks they need to work out with the stipulation. It's a little, it's a little too much. I thought um, 
the women's match was a lot better. Uh, one criticism was, so the 90 seconds start as soon as somebody's feet hit the floor, not as soon as they get in the penalty box. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'll have more criticisms of the uh, the men's match, but we can get there shortly. Um. So, yeah. Roxanne, uh, Roxanne Perez winning that, becoming number one contenders for your for your uh, women's championship against Indy. Following that, we had uh, a num- Mandy. Mandy. What I, I say? Indy. I wish. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> one day, Indy. One day, people will support Indy wrestling. Oh, goodness. So, following that, a nothing match of Isla Dawn defeating Abba. Alba Fay in nine minutes. Alba Fire. What a, oh, yeah, it is too. Alba, it's just the way it's written, folks. Uh, yeah, in about 10 minutes. Uh, nothing happened, match. Credit to them. They went out there. They tried something. I just, yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the finish of this match, for yeah. fuck's sake. Go on, bring it up. So, Alba Fire pretty much has this match wrapped up. And all of a sudden, because Isla Dawn is a spooky voodoo girl and apparently a relative of Papa Shango, and Alba Fire must be a relative of the Ultimate Warrior because the referee, or the referee is, I guess, the referee starts spewing out black ooze oh. as he's about to count three. And that, I've forgotten about this. And that distracted the referee from giving Alba Fire the win, and then they bring out a new ref, and then Isla Dawn gets the win. Holy fuck, was that just horrendous. Yep. Uh, candidate for worst match of the year. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm never going to give anything that happened in December worst match of the year just because I I try not for the recency bias. But yep. it, it's probably a legit contender. Uh, oh, fucking Cadis. He's He needs to go for a walk. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're almost done here as we see uh, match number uh, three of the uh, televised portion that sees New Day members Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods challenging the team of Pretty Deadly Elton Prince and Kit Wilson for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Goes about 14 minutes and yeah boys, the New Day get the win here. Insane. Insane. I mean, it's fine. It gives something for the New Day to do, I guess. Um, Work with some of your younger tag teams try to get them ready for TV and whilst the Usos have both tag team titles and you're not beating them anytime soon, you might as well send a team like the New Day down to NXT to do some stuff. Exactly. Like, uh, this match was actually really fun, by the way. Oh, there yeah. was a twerk off at one point. <laughs> there was the bit with um, uh, one of the pretty deadly guys trying to do the Eddie Guerrero trick with the title belt, but then Oh, yes. But then, like, it ended up with all four of them doing it at so the same one them, time. One of them, yeah, stomps, <laughs> stomps and throws the 
belt at Xavier and he falls flat. Xavier throws it to, I think it was uh, Kit, and he falls flat and he throws it to Kofi and Kofi just looks and puts the belt in the centre and lays down flat. And the ref who's like been knocked down comes back up, stands up in the corner, turns around and just goes, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so good. I think that's the first time though we've seen it with four guys in a tag team match. Yeah, it was probably the best one I've ever seen, to be honest. Because it's something fresh that we haven't seen yeah. in a while. I mean, the only other take I've seen is, like, maybe once or twice people try to do it in a triple threat match. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, this this was a good little match. Um, from there, we go on to the Men's Iron Survivor uh, Challenge match to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship that'll be decided later tonight. So it is Camelo Hayes versus JD... Uh, McDonough. McDonough. Gosh, some of these pronunciations are weird. Joe Gacy, Axiom, and Grayson Waller. So uh, I'll go through the falls here quickly, and then, boy, do I have some thoughts. Oh, I bet you do. (laughs) Seven minutes in, Carmelo Hayes pins Axiom. Then, at the 10-minute mark, Grayson comes in, does a double stunner, and pins Axiom, then JD. So Grayson is immediately up two falls. <laughs> After the 14-minute mark, Axiom gets in the ring. He uh, pins Grayson with a roll-up. Then as Grayson's exiting the ring, uh, Axiom hits JD from behind and pins him. So he's now on two. Joe Gacy is the last participant enter at the 15-minute uh, mark. He submits Axiom in the rings of Saturn. Then in the 17th-minute mark, he pins Carmelo Hayes, moving him to two. So this means that Carmelo Hayes is on one, Grayson is on two, Axiom is on two, and Joe Gacy is on two. Uh, at the 19th-minute mark, Carmelo Hayes submits Grayson to a crossface, moving him to two points as well. So everyone is on two, and poor old JD is on zero. And at the 24th minute mark in 30 seconds, Grayson Waller pins Axiom to move to three points. Then he just plays keep away from everyone and uh, (laughs) wins with 30 seconds to go running down the clock. Oh, boy. Uh, What do you think of this match first? I thought Grayson Waller became a star. Um, I thought this was great for him. Uh, Let's not forget that he did a shooey to celebrate the win. Um, He also called Booker T a bitch. I said five stars. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I would be so hyped if that actually happened. Grayson Waller versus Booker T. Booker T said on commentary, tell me he did not just say that. (laughs) Of course he said that. Uh, um, um, anything so, else you have of note before I go through some of my notes here? Well, I'm actually liking the, to my shock, like I was messaging Warwick and that during this. Warwick and that haven't seen a great deal of NXT, and I was like, oh, Joe Gacy wrestles okay, but his gimmick's kind of shit. But then he came out and he's actually in wrestling gear now. 
he actually like was doing some crazy stuff this match and i was like oh shit you know what joe gacy's not bad yeah yeah Uh, it's just his gimmick that's kind of trash sometimes but yeah his wrestling was next level on this one yeah Uh, i put axiom Looks like a fucking goober eight minutes in because he had multiple chances to get a pinfall and decided to keep going to like the top rope or trying for other moves. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, wait, what the fuck is going on? They waited until exiting the penalty box to then have a brawl and the refs do nothing. No DQ. Legit asking what's the appeal of Axiom. He looks like Terra Purplia. Uh no? I don't get it. <laughs> you know, AAA? Marvel Litra Lubre? Oh, right. Terrapopia. Uh, Thanos? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Sorry, Cadis has been such an asshole today. <laughs> and then in the last 90 seconds, they mention if we're tied, we'll go to sudden death over time. What? You wait until now to mention that? Oh, <laughs> I didn't even hear them say that. Oh. Yeah. I thought I heard him say that, and then I rewound it, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, once this match is over, I'm going to pull up Sean's rules. And no, he doesn't mention anything about overtime. <laughs> so I thought if they were tied, they'd just go to a match next week between the tied people. Yeah. But oh, no, remember that this... time they did a four-way Iron Man match? Dude, that fucking sucked. <laughs> oh. I guess this is like a twist on that, but yeah, I still think these sucked. Like, the shining light for me was Grayson in these matches because of how good he is. Seeing Indy get a little bit of shine as well, but yeah, I'm not a fan of these. Nah. I think... Your 90, your 90 seconds, like some people were out of the ring and straight in the penalty box. At points, there was people like Grayson who spent like 30 seconds waiting on the ring steps before he was ushered into the penalty box. There were, yeah. there was no DQ in this match, even though they kept teasing DQ on commentary. If someone's DQ'd, they'll be sent to the penalty box. Yeah, uh, Axiom climbed out of the penalty box. Granted, it was after he was supposed to come out, but I'm like, oh, so you can just climb out of there if you want. The rest, <laughs> the rest didn't care about him fighting in the penalty box after they were allowed out. <laughs> like, I'm like, shouldn't you be like warning him for a DQ or something? <laughs> What's the point of having DQs in a five-way match? I don't know. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I I think if you tweak it a little, it could work, but. I'm not a fan of it. Nah, me, me neither. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there was no need for it. It could, it could have just been like a elimination match, a five person gauntlet match. Yeah, or like a championship scramble, even. Like those matches weren't that bad. Like 25 minutes, and the last person to have gotten the most recent win wins it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, Grayson Waller, he'll face the winner of this next match, which is 
Bron Breaker taking on Apollo Crews. Hey, I forgot that you were still here, Apollo. <laughs> yeah, I did My not God. Because watch... I've watched two weeks of NXT before this, like earlier in the week. Oh, okay. Someone the, did at least. The fucking vignettes that they've been doing in the build up of this feud have been the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. And you saw a bit of it in the heart. Is this package. where he was with his book in the diner or some shit? Yeah, he's like hanging out in a diner and then like Bron Breaker comes in and then the next week they go fishing together. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, this was completely stupid. Um, granted to Braun and Apollo trying to have a good match, but it was nothing happening really. So, yeah, to me. Braun gets the win. Braun's reign continues. But uh, more importantly, it's the post-match. We see the little graphic pop up. And then Grayson, he's perfected this. He slides in the ring and he can do a pop-up stunner as soon as he slides in the ring. Credit to yeah. the guy because he pulls it off out of camera on Braun and sort of uh, that's our closing shot. The crazy thing is I don't... I, I could be wrong here, but I don't recall him doing that move in PWA. Well, there's nowhere really for him to get a good run-up at Max Watts. It's that stage, a little staircase, and then you're straight by the ringside. Yeah, that's true, too. It, I'm just trying I'm just trying to say, like, this isn't something he's been doing for years and perfected. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I was just trying to so... think where else in Australia he would have wrestled. Maybe he, he could have done it in Thornbury. Thornbury, there's an oh no, no. not really because it's a it's a Hogan TNA ramp. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, um, I, I love those ramps, by the way. Oh, okay. I know um, it's a controversial opinion. <laughs> The only place I could have seen him possibly doing it be FWA in Greater Sydney. But yeah. Maybe not. Um, yeah. For me, I don't watch NXT all the time. Ever since AAA gave that official interview telling Ariel Hawani they, de- they, de- they beat our developmental. So what? That's pretty much how I feel about NXT Triple H. So what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this was fine. Uh, free beers. Yeah, I'll give it four. I thought it was a much better show than Ring of Honor. But you also went back and watched the two weeks of TV building up to it. I didn't. That's the thing. Yeah, I had the context. Yeah. Yeah, to me, NXT just still is nothing really happening. I'll probably tune in a bit here and there now that Grayson's number one contender, but... uh. No. And also, Grayson finally gets his title. Did you see when he was doing his shoey in the background, it says, like, Survivor, Grayson Waller? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Uh, fuck. Um, I also know for a fact that Johnny Fairplay was in the crowd for that (laughs) (laughs) pay-per-view. So, um... Grayson Waller's been hanging out like with a fair few like Survivor alumni in Florida. Because <laughs> there's like Survivor conventions and stuff. 
Oh, okay. And he goes to a lot of them now, even though he was like on Australian Survivor. I suppose they'd air it in the States during the um the off season of the American one like they do here. They air the American one. I on think TV. it's on it's on one of their streaming services, like the CBS one. CBS play. I don't know what yeah, the hell they call Yeah, something it. like that, yeah. <laughs> ten play. <laughs> like their version of ten play, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Excited to see what happens with uh, Grayson next. I mean... I think he's the guy to do it. I think he's the guy to beat Bron. I mean, Bron is ready for main roster. I think it happens before the Rumble. I think Bron needs to look, drop the belt and then debut on the main roster at um, the Rumble. No, because the next... Do you wait until Vengeance Day and then have Braun debut Raw or SmackDown after Mania? You could. You could. Yeah, actually. Why not? Vengeance Day, November 4th. Uh, not November, February 4th. Jeez, I am getting mixed up today. Uh, where is my calendar? So that's a Saturday... The following week would be the 11th. Is that Elimination Chamber the following week? No, Elimination Chamber is the 18th, so it's two weeks before Elimination Chamber. Okay, well, it's 10 days before Valentine's Day. Still should be called Valentine's Day Massacre, or if you don't want the word for Massacre, have Valentine's Day Vengeance in there. Yep. Oh, man. Still one of the greatest pay-per-view posters the WWF ever did. Yes, for sure, for sure. Okay, uh, anything else we need to need to touch on? Uh, no, no. Um, I think it was a solid weekend of pay-per-views. Um, they were all right. Um, that marks four pay-per-views slash premium live events in a row that have happened on a Saturday in America, Sunday in Australia. Yeah, that's good for the people who work. Uh, don't work Sunday. <laughs> it's fucking good for a... Oh, the problem is... Yeah? The problem is... Three of those pay-per-views, I've had a bowling tournament those Sundays. <laughs> so, oh, no. um, yeah, so this past Sunday... Oh, fuck. Anyone want a dog? Um, <laughs> so, Careful what you say. Miss E might listen to this later. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, so I had a bowling tournament this past Sunday, so I didn't get to watch both shows until uh, late afternoon. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I had a I had a bowling tournament for Survivor Series, so. The only one I actually got to watch live was Full Gear, and that's when I was really sick and I was in bed and I was falling asleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> theoretically, oh. Sunday pay-per-views are fucking sick, but, <laughs> yeah, it just keeps not working out. I'm praying, praying for a Sunday rumble. I'm sure the date's probably announced. Yeah, it is. I haven't looked, though. Let uh, me so do it. Just looking at the um, the match of the night according to cage match voters, uh, out of 140, 140 sorry votes, the match of the night with a three point uh, sorry nine point one three. Yes, I'm having a bit of a dyslexic day with numbers. 
a bit slistexic. Yeah, um, it goes to the uh, men's Iron Survivor Challenge match, and with a total vote of 85, uh, the overall event got a 7.93. Dear, oh dear. Yeah, it's not too bad. It's like a 4 out of 5. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, by the way, uh, the Rumble will be Saturday, January 28th in America, 29th here. So it's a Sunday Rumble. Um, Which means, Warwick, if you're listening, my joint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. R- rumble parties are the best pay-per-view <sighs> gatherings you can have. Oh, boy. Um, I suppose this will probably be the last time we uh, talk before the uh, the normal when you drop back in on our Tokyo Dome show. But uh, as we go to our Christmas summer light schedule of just me doing solo shows, because God knows when we'll have the time to catch up over the next few weeks with uh, Christmas and that. Yeah, it's going to be rough. So, yeah, I guess this is me for the year. Um, yeah. So, humans out there, have a fucking wonderful holiday season. Um, hug your loved ones and give presents. Don't worry about getting them. Giving them so much better. Um, also, uh, next year, we'll be back and going full he- heavy into it, all right? Uh, no more little three-month breaks here and there. I think uh, next year is going to be a big year for us, and I, and that'll be my New Year's resolution: is that we go hard next year. We go hard all day or night with a proud of people who are ready to fight and say, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Oh, oh, oh! Wrong member. Oh. <laughs> wrong southern person. <laughs> but uh, oh. I suppose uh, is Smack It Down going to be? continuing over the Christmas break or are you also having a time off? We are having a time trying to fucking get together. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, When there's, like, having two people with just you and me, it's pretty rough trying to get our schedules in line sometimes. (laughs) Fucking three people this time of year, it's been near impossible. Hopefully we can get together. We're meant to get we're meant to get together on Friday night, but I couldn't because I had Eliza's work Christmas party. And then it was like, okay, let's reschedule to Saturday night. But uh, but Jay couldn't because he had work. And then I was like, okay, let's reschedule for Sunday night. But then Corey couldn't because he had a thing. And then it was like, all right, let's do a Monday night. <laughs> and Nope, two of them were busy anyway. So it's just been a fucking nightmare trying to get together just because this time of year is nuts. It is. It is, unfortunately. But um, I suppose uh, where can the good humans go and uh, find the uh, the SmackDown podcast and uh, all the archived episodes? You can find the SmackDown podcast wherever you find your podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that sort of good stuff. Uh, find us on Twitter at Sid underscore pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter officially unverified at Fruity is Alex. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter at wrestling Oz style with an AUS. Search us up on Facebook 
wrestling or stuff. And you can find Chris at? at I'm Chris Funder on Twitter. Come tell me why the Iron Survivor Series match is better than King of the Mountain. Because it's not. No, it's not. It's it's really not. Oh, man. Uh, you can go back, listen to the Wrestling All-Star Archive for free on SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, or using the RSS feed found the show notes below for your podcast of choice, including Apple. Nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll speak to you next time. Fuck, man. I just forgot. Jeff Jarrett's in a fucking AEW tag title feud. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just That's remembered all... when you brought up King of the Mountain. That's also why I thought the Ass Boys were going to get involved on a Wednesday, but it didn't happen. Or even those boys coming out and getting involved. But, uh, yes. I suppose, uh, I like to think of us, you know, us two, I guess, renegades or outsiders, if you will. (laughs) And we're always talking about the third man, Warwick. So would that make us the NWO? <laughs> and then, I mean, you you kind of split off from the NWO and you go and do your own podcast. Would that make the Smack It Down podcast the Wolfpack? <laughs> or would it make it NWO 2000? <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I consider us... Um, more so the alliance. <laughs> this is the WCW side. Smack it down's the ECW side. Uh, and I, I'm just the um, I'm just the heel Stone Cold Steve Austin, just floating <laughs> in between the both. Of course, you put yourself as Stone Cold. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> You didn't know I had a guitar on me right now. No.